In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be comfortable. Good morning. So there was a, um, a family lived in New York City amongst all those people, all those big buildings, and they went to church every Sunday. Mom, dad, and the, and the girl, the little daughter. And she loved living in New York City. She loved her church. She loved her neighborhood. But this particular day on the way home from church, with every step she took, she seemed to be a little sadder. And so as they walked the streets uh, of, of their neighborhood from their church to their building, every time they would see someone else they knew, you know, at the newsstand or at the bakery or at the ice cream shop, all saying hi, hi, because you know, they knew them all, she got sadder and sadder. And finally, her mom asked her, what is the matter? She said, we have to move. And the mom said, what? You want to move? She said, we have to. And her mom said, why do we have to move? She said, we have too many neighbors here. And she said, what is, what's, that's a bad thing? She said, well, we, in Sunday school today, we had this lesson, and Jesus said we have to love all of our neighbors. And there's just too many neighbors around here. <laughs> Maybe if we moved out to the country where there weren't so many people, it'd be a little bit easier. Do you ever think maybe it would be a little bit easier if we just didn't have so many neighbors? Have you ever thought about moving? Maybe you've been inside so long you forgot you had neighbors. Jesus uh, is tested again today. Tested uh, by the Pharisees this time. Tested, tempted. Basically, they want to know what he's made of. What, what makes him tick? Where's his focus? Uh, tempted, tested, the same way that he was tested in the wilderness by Satan. This time by a Pharisee, the most learned of the Pharisees, and they say, what is the greatest commandment? And that shouldn't really be a trick question, except in the Torah, tradition tells that in the Torah, we think of how many commandments? Ten. And there are the ten commandments that God gave Moses, but, but in the Torah, there are 613 commandments. 613. So Jesus is being tested when they say, what is the greatest? Or are they all great? But Jesus says, he answers so quickly. Maybe the first time Jesus actually answers a question instead of just asking another question. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Oh, and for Lanyap, I'll give you a second. That's just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the other commandments depend on that. Frederick Buechner calls it the law of love. That you first look at that. And any of those other lesser laws, if they contradict that law, well, then you ignore it. Or... If they support it, you even radicalize it. That's how he says it. And there is something, he goes on to say, that is appealing about a legalistic tradition that the Pharisees are sort of living on. If something is going on, you just kind of look it up. You know, you just look it up in the law. You know, so if someone invites you over um, for a shrimp dinner, you say, well, let me check that. Ah, sorry, yeah, right, see right here, I can't do that. Can't eat that. Right? Or how much am I supposed to give to the church? Oh, I'll just look that up right here. Oh, yeah, here it is. 
See, there's something appealing about that legal tradition, and we may even be grateful then that Jesus kind of narrows it down from 613 to 2. Makes it so easy, right? Until you start to say, well, what does it really mean to love God with all my heart and soul and strength? And what does it really mean to love my neighbor? And does that mean like, like, like within a block of me or like two blocks of me? Or does it really mean just like everybody? Suddenly, it didn't really simplify things, did it? So what does it mean and how do we do it? And why are those two things linked? Why does Jesus link them together? That the second is like it. It may help to think of loving God means to love who God loves and what God loves. And so then, of course, it means all that God has created, all of God's children. We are called to love our neighbor as ourself. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. So how do we do that? I think one of the things, uh, and Beekner points this out too, Frederick Beekner, this theologian and writer who makes this complicated faith so accessible, he says it's to remember that, that this love is not a feeling. God's not commanding us to feel a certain way about all of our neighbors. He's calling us to act a certain way. So to love God is to hear and obey and stay in constant contact with God, with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. To love our neighbor as ourselves is to want their well-being. We may not even like them that much. But we love in a way that acts in ways that brings about their well-being. Does that make you want to move somewhere where there are no neighbors? <laughs> so, here are three ways, three practices to love who God loves, to love what God loves, but more importantly, to love like God loves, the way in which God loves. That's what we're called to do, these actions that we can take to love like God loves. The first way that God loves is to want our well-being. And so if we're going to love like that, we can act in ways that seeks the well-being of our neighbor, all of our neighbors. And here's one way to do this. This came from the Society of St. John the Evangelist. It is to say the Lord's Prayer, the one when Jesus was asked, Please, Lord, would you please teach us how to pray? This is what he gave us. And, and I usually pray the Lord's Prayer um, kind of from first person asking for myself. This is a way to love our neighbor, to practice loving our neighbor, to take these actions seeking their well-being, to use the Lord's Prayer as an inter intercessory offering. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name in Joyceland. I'm just picking on you, Joycelyn, because I saw you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Joycelyn. Give Joycelyn this day her daily bread, and forgive Joycelyn her trespasses as she forgives those who trespass against. You get the idea? That's a way to act out 
the desire for the well-being of our neighbor. Start with someone who you, you really care about, who it's easy to pray for. A child, a grandchild, a spouse. Hopefully that's easy. I'm thinking that's easy, y'all. And then from there you can branch out to maybe a stranger, a neutral person, maybe somebody who you'd like to move away from. Okay? To love the neighbor, the first thing is to want their well-being, and that's a way to act on that. Not just to feel it, but to act it out. The second way is to make some sacrifices. God loves sacrificially. Do you remember? God suffers for us to redeem us, to take us to a different place. He gives up something good for something better. That's a sacrifice. So if we're going to love God and, our love, and love our neighbor, if we're going to love who God loves, what God loves, in the way that God loves, it's going to call for sacrificial Loving. Can you think of a way to do that? This is a way to do that. This is one small way to love our neighbor sacrificially. It's inconvenient, isn't it? It's a little uncomfortable. But is it really asking that much? Really? Sure. I don't like wearing them, but y'all are far away, so I can do this now. But I, and I forget, and I have to walk back to my car and get it. Yeah, that happens too. Um, and yet, is it too much to ask to love our neighbor? It's not to keep me safe. It's to keep my, the people around me safe. Chris Christie, do you remember him? Do you remember he contracted COVID, he was hospitalized, intensive care. He wrote a, um, a, a letter to the Wall Street Journal this week. I encourage you to read it. He says, these aren't a partisan or culture, cultural symbol. They're not a sign of weakness or virtue. They're a method to keep one another safe. Not perfect, but proven. It's a little inconvenient. It's a little uncomfortable. But if we're going to love our neighbors as ourselves, if we're going to love the way God loves, we're going to love sacrificially. We can start by taking a little bit of inconvenience and discomfort, can't we? So, the third way to love who God loves, what God loves, and the way that God loves is to be givers. Walk in love. Remember we say this? As God loves us, loved us, still loves us, and gave himself for us. God is a giver. God's love comes out as giving, sacrificial giving, for the well-being of others. So you've gotten your uh, estimate of giving cards. That's the new way to talk about money in church, instead of saying pledge cards. <laughs> Act out this command to love God and love our neighbor by being givers, generous, sacrificial givers. It's another way that we can love who God loves, what God loves, in this way that God loves. These are the commandments that God gives us. Teach us to love what you command 
so that we can obtain what you promise. God gives us these commandments not to be an undue burden, but to lead us into the fullness of joy that God desires for us. That's how God loves us. We don't have to move away from all of our neighbors. God, who has given us these commands, will give us the grace to perform them. And by doing so, by loving God and our neighbor, we will find this fullness of life and joy.